Hi everyone and welcome back to a brand new season of Let's Chat Careers Advice. I'm Scott Keys, And I'm Charlotte Lever and we both work for PwC in the recruitment team. And we're absolutely delighted to bring you a brand new se- season three in fact, um, where we'll be talking about all things careers with a number of very special guests. I'm so excited to be back. We've just got so much coming up to look forward to. But we're going to kick off today with um, on today's episode with Lucy Stapleton, the head of deals at PwC. Thank you. Hello, Charlotte. Hello, Scott. Very honoured to be called a special guest. Thank you very much indeed. And thank you for having me. Episode one. So as I say, it's an absolute pleasure to have you here today. Um, Can you start off by giving us a, a brief introduction on yourself, please, Lucy? Of course. I am what I think people refer to as a PwC lifer. I joined the firm when I was 21, which was nearly 30 years ago. Um, And I joined into audit uh, where I did my ACA qualification, um, mostly in the sort of financial and banking side of our business. Um, I also met my then soon-to-be husband, um, who got an opportunity to go to New York. Um, He was with Reuters at the time. And I thought I'd go with him and give it a go. Um, So I also took the opportunity to move um, uh, businesses from our audit team into our deals team. Um, And it was actually at the time of the merger when PW and Coopers and Librand came together in 1998. So I appreciate this is way before either of your times. But it was quite an interesting time in our history as a firm. um, Because both businesses in New York believed that they had the best deals business. And actually, there was a little bit of a culture clash in bringing the two teams together. Um, However, I didn't come with any history, really, because I was brand new into deals and brand new into New York. Um, And I worked with both teams very successfully. And over the period of two and a half years that I was there, of course, the teams integrated and became good friends. Excellent. And we're here today with a, a very successful deals practice at PwC in the UK. Thank you very much. Yes, I I did return to the UK. I was a bit unsure as to whether I wanted to continue in the deals practice. This was back in 2001. So I decided to take a bit of time out. Um, And actually, I learned to be a chef. I spent um, a year doing a cooking course. um, And after that, I kind of reflected and thought, you know what, Um, deals isn't so bad after all. Um, not least because the antisocial hours that chefs keep, I can tell you it's the one time that you want to see your friends, they're working, yeah. um, that I thought actually it would be easier to go back to PwC and give it a go. Um, so I joined the London office um, back at sort of in 2001, and I've been here ever since. I've had a number of different clients, a number of different industry sector focuses, and a number of different roles since then. Um, I made partner in 2006, um, and uh, I'm now the deals leader ever since the 1st of January. So here we are. Oh, wow, <laughs> a chef to a partner. Wow. <laughs> Quite <laughs> different skill sets Very to different. an extent. To an extent. <laughs> uh, do you still keep up your cooking then, do you, Lucy? I do. I enjoy it. I, I During the week, it's very simplistic. Um, and actually, I've just been on the holiday of a lifetime, something we planned five years ago. I have um, four children and they are getting older now. In fact, my eldest just turned 18 last weekend. And um, I wanted to do a big holiday with them before they all sort of showed a little bit more independence and wanted mm-hmm. to do their own thing. And so five years ago, we had planned to go around the national parks in the US and to Hawaii. And so 
due to the pandemic, clearly there was a bit of a delay to that, but we managed to get this summer. So I've just had four weeks off. So I come back refreshed and re-energized, but having spent four weeks with my family doing this, absolutely amazing. But the relevance to your question around cooking is I'm now really inspired around poke bowls because this is a Hawaiian dish Mm. of sort of rice and vegetables and it's quite healthy, but it's quite quick and it's quite a good midweek. So I do take inspiration from wherever I've been, but yes, I really enjoy cooking. Oh, lovely. I like a poke bowl. Um, One of my favorite bits of the podcast is we do the your human, your most recent human moment. But I mean, you sound a bit superhuman here, Lucy, based on your career and what you balance (laughs) and the fact that you're also a chef. But is there anything recently where you've just had that moment where, you know, our listeners would think, yeah, that's a total human moment. I could empathize with that. Oh my goodness, I have human moments every single day. Life is complicated and messy, (laughs) I can assure you. Um, Yes, uh, recently, I suppose, look, let let me take you to a pandemic story because I'm sure we all have our own and we've seen so many of them that have gone viral. Thankfully, this one didn't, but it could have done. Um, It might. uh, It could still, (laughs) I guess. (laughs) Maybe I should hesitate at this point. Um, No, but, you know, about six months into our lockdown, um, we were all much more competent and comfortable, I think, with the technology and working from home. And certainly we'd got to a point at home where we'd managed to get the four kids on the Wi-Fi. We hadn't had as many problems as I'd anticipated with so many of us needing access to that. Anyway, I was about to attend a management presentation um, with one of our clients. And it was on a t- using technology I'd not used before or a platform that I'd not used before called Blue Jeans. And so I tried to log on on my PC. Thankfully, I'd sort of tried to do this about 10, 15 minutes early, was failing on all fronts, had tried to get hold of the IT help desk, wasn't having much success, but actually managed to get on using my iPad. So I thought, success, result. Um, so I muted the um, iPad and um, then got started to just finish up a few emails whilst I was waiting for the management presentation to start. Um, At this point, my son, who was eight at the time, storms into the room going, Mummy, where is the chocolate? And I said, no, no, you've had enough chocolate today. Anyway, a five-minute negotiation starts about whether he's had enough chocolate, where it is, whether I should allow him to have some more. Thankfully, it was at a fairly polite but quite heated level. What I hadn't realised is suddenly everything lit up around me, my iPad, my computer, my phone. What I'd managed to do was mute the room, not myself. And so they were ready to start along with the 120 people who had dialed into this and all they could hear (laughs) was my negotiation with my son about how much chocolate he could have anyway it made for a very entertaining start and actually my client sent me a text afterwards saying I now know why it's quite so difficult to negotiate with you over fees as well (laughs) (laughs) and training I I guess he didn't get his own way with a chocolate no he didn't not (laughs) not that time although to be honest I was so humiliated I might have bought his silence at that point (laughs) Oh, that's an amazing story. Gosh, the fact there was that many people on as well. I love that about it. Oh, brilliant. And good to know that you didn't, you won the negotiation. Yes, just on that occasion. It does, it's not always successful. <laughs> as we know, as we know. <laughs> um, so, Lucy, I, I recently read your article um, in The Garden on your mission to make uh, workplaces more inclusive. Um, great article. If anyone hasn't read it, please do go and read it. Um could you tell the listeners a bit more about the mission, how it started for you and what were the key factors and what was driving you to to that place? Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for the plug there as well. <laughs> um, 
I first started in deals, as I, you've just heard me say, about 20 years ago, and there were far fewer females than there are today. And I think whilst that in itself wasn't necessarily po- problematic, I didn't always feel included because quite often on a Monday morning when we arrived in the office, the t- conversation would turn to what people had done at the weekend and there was normally a good conversation around football, rugby and other sports that I didn't feel I could participate in as as well as others. Um, and sometimes there were sort of drinks in the evening that I wasn't necessarily invited to. But it wasn't all bad and so um, there were times where actually being one of the few or only females can play to your advantage because um, I went to uh, one meeting um, which was a client meeting and a number of bankers were there and in fact actually um, you can tell this is a long time ago because these days um, it would be done in a very different way but um, there were 50 people in this meeting room and I was the only female. And of course, I hate to say it, I did have that cliched experience where, where I was looking for a seat and someone came along and said, oh, yes, I'll have you know, a cup mm. of tea, please. Mm. But anyway, beyond that, I won't go into that. I sat down and interestingly, I could probably tell you, I could tell you who the client was and I could tell you who the main bankers were in that meeting room, but I can't tell you very much else. Um, and that was probably 15 years ago. Whereas most of the other people in that room I have come across again in my career since then, and they all remember that meeting. They all remember me and my contribution and my name. And actually, that's not unhelpful in a Mm. career where you're trying to distinguish yourselves. So that's why I say sometimes it's not bad. But there are occasions, um, you know, our business at the time, which I'd like... hasten to add is very different today because this is a long time ago. But our business at the time largely reflected our clients' business as well, which was really Mm male-dominated. And um, we were always, of course, encouraged to build client relationships. And I found it particularly awkward calling a client, a male client, and asking if they wanted to have lunch or go out for a drink in the evening on my own. So I started to find ways that I could get around it. And normally that involved inviting a friend and quite often a female friend. Um, But it had another sort of advantage to it in that actually if there's a couple of you you can bounce off each other and you can share ideas yeah, and you can bring yeah. a different energy to um, to the meeting too. Um, and you can bring some different perspectives. Um, so I suppose that was kind of the st- early start of my career. And then, as you've heard me mention, um, I, I now have a large family. But at the point in time when I wanted to start a family, I recognised that my priorities were changing. And actually, some of my colleagues who I'd felt quite close to in terms of, you know, we had at least some shared... Uh, priorities my priorities were changing and I started to sort of that those close relationships started to wane a little bit Um, but however I knew I had so much still to offer but I wanted to kind of do it in a way that was different I wanted it to be able to combine um, being a mother and being present for my children alongside of course the importance of being there for our clients and our teams as well and not letting the side down Um, and uh my desire to do things a bit differently, I have to say there wasn't an awful lot of appetite for this um, from within the business at that time. Um, but I went and had a chat to a couple of um, friendly partners and I sort of said I was really struggling and I could do with some help. And it was incredible. They showed such inc- um, insight um, because clearly uh, they had experienced it from their sort of wives' perspective 
but actually they really wanted to help me make this work and and that was my first real experience of sponsorship if you like um and um and and I do recognize there's a difference between mentor and sponsorship but but these two acted as genuine sponsors they they were advocating for me when I wasn't in the room they were trying to explain my situation to people and so when there were bumps in the road or or people recognized that I actually kind of had to spend um spend my time carefully either very focused on clients or very focused in building out my team I spent less time networking within PwC and that was a conscious effort because I there was only a finite amount of time in the day uh, but they were there to kind of provide that bridge for me during the period where my kids were really young and I guess then there was a project that I did um, when uh, um, when I was a director going through to partner, sort of slightly further on in the career now, um, we went out to Switzerland to support Roche on a big divestment. In fact, we were a team of people who were out um, in Basel for about a year. Um, and up until that point, a lot of the projects that I had done involved effectively financial and tax due diligence. So kind of two quite distinct work streams. But on this occasion, we went with lots of different people from lots of different backgrounds. So we had the operational due diligence. And these are people who've worked in industry. They're engineers. They have a very different perspective. Um, we had strategy consultants, people who had joined and maybe had MBAs, but certainly had weren't accountants. And bringing all of these different perspectives together made it so much more interesting to me. It linked up all the different aspects of what we're trying to do when we're doing a transaction. Um, and it was a lot more fun. So kind of a combination of different factors has made me realize that it's really important that we encourage and support lots and lots of different people from different places, different perspectives, because it's much more energizing for us, but we get a much better solution for the client as well. Yeah, no, I couldn't agree more. I think most people that, well, certainly that I've spoken to that have worked with diverse groups as opposed to whether it's male-dominated, female-dominated, they've said the solution outcome is always far greater. Yeah. Um, it's, again, different backgrounds, different walks of life, different solutions, different outcomes. Different experiences and people who've joined our organisation from school, from university, after having a period of time in industry, um, or wherever it might be, everybody has something to offer. Yeah, and going back to your point around where you said you were the only female in that massive meeting many years ago, it goes back to the old saying of being in the right place at the right time. So they all remember your name, they remember you being the only female, and obviously you're the nucleus of driving that change in the deals deals industry of you know getting more females into into the workforce. Amazing story. Thank yeah, you. It really <laughs> is. I think um, from my point of view, you just think, gosh, it wasn't actually that long ago that you were having to trailblaze really that you had to make quite big strides on something that didn't exactly exist and you had to find your way and how it works and that that's such an important thing but it actually doesn't feel that long ago does it so much has changed and um and all for the better in my view mm -hmm. and i think um we have obviously been recruiting much more diversely, both gender, ethnicity, but also background, a, a, a real focus around um, social mobility as well. Um, and, um, and, and that, of course, has had its benefits. But I think, you know, if there's anything good to have happened as a consequence of the pandemic, it will be the different ways of working that we are now able to embrace for everybody. Before the pandemic, I used to try and work at home once a week um, and I really at average probably two days a month successfully 
But now I think um, we all feel a lot more empowered to work in ways that suit us. Um, mm, yeah. and, uh, and I think that helps people balance what's going on in their lives. It, it, go back to the well-being. The, the chairman, Kevin Ellis, says about it a lot. Mm. And it, it does have a domino impact across the firm. Yeah. It certainly does for me. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. I, and I know you mentioned sponsorship there, so it kind of possibly leads on to my next question, which is um, thinking about sort of three things that you'd, you'd share with someone on how to master a really successful career in deals which you absolutely have I might be thinking that sponsorship is going to be one of those but it might not be in your top three but I know you kind of mentioned that before so what sort of things would you kind of recommend to someone yeah interesting we've used the word deals a few times and it's just occurred to me maybe I should just sort of step back a little bit and just say what it entails um, because clearly deals is um, the name of our business within PwC but actually it encompasses four quite distinct businesses within that um, so uh, we have things like financial crime. There's obviously the core deals part of it as well, and that involves the sort of buying and selling of businesses, whether that's originating or advising on them, um, doing due diligence, um, as well as some of the sort of value creation. So when somebody is doing a deal, it's typically because they are trying to create value and transform their business. And some of that's around the strategy advice. And of course, increasingly, we're seeing demand and interest around some of the ESG aspects of deals. Um, and I guess we'd also be quite famous for our insolvency and restructuring business and some of the big clients we've worked on, Lehman's and Carillion and others. Um, I work in our due diligence side of our practice. And um, one of the th highlights of my career was um, actually working on uh, or for AstraZeneca, um, who, of course, are famous uh, pharmaceutical company, but particularly famous since the pandemic as a supplier of one of the vaccines. If I was sort of what am I looking for from someone who might be interested in a deals career? Or what do I think? What are the attributes that might help somebody be successful? I think the first one's probably intellectual curiosity you know someone who really enjoys learning and wants continual self-improvement somebody who's inquisitive and wants to find more about a situation and doesn't take things necessarily at face value will dive deeper and ask the right questions um, and is keen to learn from others who may have different perspectives so I uh, definitely first one's intellectual curiosity the second one is um someone who is entrepreneurial. I'd like to think that most of the people in our deals practice are quite entrepreneurial. They think differently and they really like to challenge the status quo. I'm not suggesting necessarily full-on rule breakers, but probably people that, that sort of challenge some of the rules, if you like. And then the third are people who sort of care enough to want to make a positive difference to our clients and our firm and our people. Um, I've spoken to teams that I've worked with before about um, Steve Jobs, who sort of told his people to go out and put a ding in our universe. And I really, that's just mm. something that really yeah. resonates yeah. to me. I think if you've got the passion and energy, enthusiasm, desire to do that, no doubt you will have a successful career with us. Um, and clearly, um, to your point, Charlotte, um, I do believe that actually in any walk of life, whatever your career is, sponsorship is a key element to being to supporting individuals coming through the organisation. 
absolutely really interesting to hear your list there Lucy because when we you know when we've done the podcast in the past or when we think about what we hear it's probably not the classic three that someone would come up with so definitely really interesting for anyone listening that it's quite a different attributes to maybe what we would standard so yeah the entrepreneurship I think that'll speak to quite a lot of people that I don't have that in my body at all I like <laughs> but some people absolutely would thrive in that environment so that's a uh, really interesting for the listeners I think yeah, I think um, innovation is such an important part. We've got huge growth aspirations for our deals practice. But even as you look at it today, you know, the, the standard sort of business that we were even 10 years ago, it's a very, very different business, which is why I was sort of flagging to you some of the financial crime, the investigations part, the ESG. These are all new services that we are doing today that we wouldn't even potentially have been doing sort of seven or eight years ago. And that, that's heavily involved via technology I'm assuming absolutely right? yeah, yeah exactly um technology is a great enabler to a lot of the innovation that we've been doing right amazing amazing so um Lucy you've touched upon a couple of your big achievement throughout your career if there was one route another highlight I wouldn't say the biggest highlight because you've mentioned two of them already but if there was another great achievement that you could talk about what mm. one or if there's one thing that comes to mind throughout your career so from a career perspective um I think my greatest achievement or the thing I'm most proud of, I suppose, um, is after I had my fourth child, um, I returned to work in 2011, just at the end of it. Um, the economy was in just coming out of the sort of global financial crisis, or maybe there was another year to go on that. Um, it was a difficult period of time for our deals practice. Um, and I had actually been working before I'd gone on maternity leave with Royal Mail to help them transform and get ready to IPO. And when I came back, I assumed that I would be going back onto that project. But actually, I was asked to go and do something completely different, which was to establish a healthcare practice within deals. Um, and uh, I had to think long and hard as to whether this was something I wanted to do because I don't have a healthcare background. I don't have a scientific background. Um, and I knew that a few people had tried it in the past and not succeeded. So there was a certain degree of risk involved in this personally and professionally. Um, and it was going to I was gonna require sorry, a huge amount of effort too, to get something off the ground. And um, I had four children, seven and under at home. So, um, you know, that, that, that balance again. But actually, as I stopped to think about it and speak to a few people about it, I thought this is something, actually, if I get this right, will be hugely satisfying and I'll really, really enjoy. Um, and so I started as myself, <laughs> just sort of putting together what I considered to be the vision for this healthcare team. Um, and then I recruited one person in, um, a female who just returned from maternity leave and actually was had a sort of retail and consumer background. Um, her name's Bron Alexander, and so many of you might know because she has just been chief of staff to Kevin Ellis. She's a partner now in the team as well. Um, and um, we then recruited someone else, actually, who was based in New York, and he wanted to return to the UK, so I suggested he come and work with us. Um, and I won't go through the names of every single person, <laughs> but from 2011 to where we are today, um, I have now got um, eight partners in the team. There are more than 100 staff in our team. And I would like to think we're the market leading team providing healthcare services within deals. So um, it's, it's, it's like a second family to me, if I'm really honest. I, I know all of the people. We've, we've 
grown this business together. Um, we've got lots of shared clients, shared experiences, um, and it's something I'm hugely proud of that we've sort of yeah. achieved together. Yeah. And that's a, a growth organically. You've been part of that from from day the start. One. Yeah, wow. absolutely. Basically, you're showing that entrepreneurship skill in that example, which I really like. <laughs> from nothing to that, amazing. <laughs> That's true. And actually, there are a number of people who've come on secondment. Um, I, I, I mentioned that I'd spent time overseas um, on secondment in New York in my career, and I've strongly encouraged other people to get that experience too. I think it's a massive advantage, the opportunity to, for international experience in a firm like PwC. Um, and so I've had people from Australia, the US, Italy and Switzerland all of whom have gone back and made partner within a year of returning. So um, my my sort of teams, if you like, have gone out further afield and also succeeded. So um, they're fantastic people to have around the network too. So we'll have a chat after the podcast then, Lucy. <laughs> <laughs> I think, to be fair, this might be the answer to the next question, but we do like to um, end the podcast by talking about what you, advice you'd give to your younger self. So I suppose possibly going abroad would be one of those but is what what else would you say maybe you know 10 years ago what what would you have said to yourself to to give you some self some advice so it was about 10 years ago I set up this business so I think at that point I would say trust your instincts there's no need to compromise on what's important to you as well um, and I guess where I'm sitting here today have a bit of confidence because it's going to turn out okay yeah absolutely really good advice I've I've got one, one other question. Go on, Scott. With the secondment, you know, with people that have families, mm. to balance that, obviously moving overseas for a period of time, did you have children at the time with your secondment, or do you? I did not. Um, I I my children came after I returned to the UK, but um, I do know of people who've gone overseas um with with, uh, children. Uh, and in fact, actually, a number of them say how valuable it is for their education and sort of learning as well. And, and the firm's incredibly supportive of relocating families as well as individuals. Yeah. OK, brilliant to know. Thank you. So I think we're done with questions for you. So thank you so, so much for sharing your experiences with us. Um, I'm sure the listeners will be very uh, intrigued and We'll start looking at the Guardian article and reading more into it and what you've done to date. But um, thank you so much for spending time with us. You're very welcome, Charlotte, Scott. So nice to meet you both. And thank you very much for inviting me on again. I'm sure that's given our listeners a really good insight into how we make workplaces more inclusive, climbing the career ladder and sponsorship. We hope you enjoyed this episode. And don't forget, you can listen back to Series 1 and Series 2 with some of our fantastic guests by heading over to Let's Track Careers Advice on Spotify, Apple Music, or by typing it into your web browser. See you all soon. <laughs>